0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I noticed, like I said, that it affected everything in my life, like my relationship, my friendships. I wasn't seeing my family, um and my mom got sick. And then I realized I am mm-hmm. choosing work over like the people that I love. I chose work over a long-term boyfriend. I chose work over not going to the hospital to see my mom when she was sick. Like I felt like I had no choice, and I felt really guilty if I wasn't working because I worked so hard to lead up to this moment. I didn't want to just lose it right and it wasn't until my mom passed and then i got out of a, a relationship that I, I was like i don't want this to affect the rest of my life and when i look back at my life in retrospect i don't want to say i i'm so glad i chose work or i'm so glad i worked so hard because there's so many other things in my life that i valued more and i just didn't realize that until it was taken from welcome me. back to the hot mess to awesomeness podcast a show all about inspiring smart busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness.
1: And now, on with the show. to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach Dion Thompson and I am here with Danielle Palo. We have actually been trying to get on this call for a while Um, and the fact that we live on opposite sides of this continent really had nothing to do with it although I thought that would have been a time change, time difference sort of issue. No, um, I had sick people and then you had sick people. And then here we are. So I'm very, very excited to be jumping on this call. Um, When we met, as one does via the interweb, Uh, I was instantly drawn to the passion that you have for female-led businesses and supporting women to really amplify what we're freaking awesome at. And when we chatted about you being a guest, I was super pumped about you sharing your experience of um, having worked in multiple industries that are uh, sort of It it edges females out in many many ways, and you finding your way is really an inspiring story. So I'm super excited for you to be here today. So thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm really excited to be a part of this. Yay!
1: So before we jump into your story. Let me quickly introduce you to everybody. So Danielle was originally from the Philippines and started out her career as a fashion stylist for celebrities during Fashion Week, all while still in college. (laughs) She received her bachelor's degree from an art institute and then went on to study visual communications at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. Now, before founding her own digital marketing agency called Creative House, Danielle worked as a social media manager, marketing director, and chief marketing officer. Now she finds herself a successful entrepreneur and business owner, all under the age of 30. And what I love is that your organization is completely about women and all of the women who or all of the people who work with you are um, female identified individuals. And I think that is amazing. Um, So tell me a little (laughs) bit, tell us um, all into the age of 30. Oh my God, be still my heart because I am nowhere near the age of 30. And um, (laughs) when I was 30, my whole world was super self-centered and not driven by uh, the awareness that you have. So tell us what prompted you to shift out of one industry and um, really take that leap into entrepreneur land with the vision that you held? That's such a funny
0: story. And whenever I look back in retrospect,
1: I never saw myself as an entrepreneur.
0: Like when I was 20 years old, my dream was just to be like a chief marketing officer or just to me be like an assistant to a CEO mm. I never wanted my I never thought of myself to be like I'm going to start a business one day and it wasn't until I got to I was 25 years old and I got to like the executive seat position and I was like I'm 25 years old making six figures I'm working directly with an owner I'm a chief marketing officer who could say that and then I realized I prayed and I wished for that moment and it, it was nothing that I wanted
1: mm. and it made what? me like sorry oh well, that's okay I was gonna say what did you think it was and then what was it like what was the disconnect there I think it's
0: just because having Asian parents and then having like this pressure to just be really successful at a certain age because I'm the only child my parents are very successful like they have like their master's they have like their PhD in such a young age started their family young. so I felt this pressure I was like I was only 24 at the time and I was like I'm not where I need to be in life and I I need to do better I need to do more um so I think just having my parents instill that in me made me have like this work ethic that I eventually now realized it was really toxic and I never believed in the hustle culture but because I was so young and I wanted to already get to this unrealistic goal and when I met it I was like this is not what I want in life like I don't want to be working 12-hour days and I don't, I, I want to have a life and I
1: want to have a social life. And no matter how much money I was making,
0: I just wasn't fulfilled.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating how we, sometimes there's a disconnect between how hard we feel we need to work for something. And I'm all about working hard for what it is that you want, but knowing that that pace is not sustainable. So in order to stay where that, wherever that goal is, if, if you have to continue on that path every single day, there comes a point where you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to fall down.
0: Yeah. And I was burnt out. I was so burnt out. I was so tired. I was depressed. Like it affected my relationships, my friendships. And all I had to do was focus on work. That's all that I thought I had for myself. And then I realized I want to have lasting relationships that are not just about work.
1: weird who knew that that was a thing
0: (laughs) yeah who knew that was even an option because I started noticing whenever I hung out with my friends they the only thing they would say about me is you're such a hard worker and I'm like that's it that's all you have to say is like not me being a good person like not me feeling alive or like being spontaneous like all they said is like I really like that you work so hard
1: yeah what a what I mean I feel like for so many of us, women in particular, we don't realize how important it is to truly be seen until we get to those moments and like, they don't have a clue. Like either, um, you know, we can get caught up in the, there must be some, something wrong with them, but you obviously turned inward and went, no, no, there's something wrong here. I'm not, I'm not serving myself well enough. Yes. So what, what happened then? How did, what moves did you make? Mm-hmm
0: it wasn't until I noticed like I said that it affected everything in my life like my relationship my friendships I wasn't seeing my family um and my mom got sick and then I realized Mm I am choosing work over like the people that I love I chose work over a long-term boyfriend I chose work over not going to the hospital to see my mom when she was sick like I felt like I had no choice and I felt really guilty if I wasn't working because I worked so hard to lead up to this moment I didn't want to just lose it right and it wasn't until my mom passed and then I got out of a a relationship that I I was like I don't want this to affect the rest of my life and when I look back at my life in retrospect I don't want to say I'm so glad I chose work or I'm so glad I worked so hard because there's so many other things in my life that I valued more and I just didn't realize that until it was taken from me
1: yeah that's huge um thank you for sharing that because that's I think we hear that sort of story a lot. You know, you don't know what you have till it's gone, but it, sometimes you have, you don't have to experience it, but when you do, it is so life altering uh, that you now see everything in your life differently. And now it has, it's almost like this sort of veil has been lifted or, you know, you're changing out your perspective. So what, um, what specifically did you do? Like, did you up, like, uproot your life? Did you make small changes? Like how did you take that that awareness and then put it into action?
0: My life just changed so quickly when my mom passed, and I had yeah. no choice. So and it made me realize that my mom was a hardworking woman. So she was everything that I wanted to be, and that what i what I always felt like I had to compare to. And my mom was working up until the day that she died. And even when she was in the hospital, she still focused on work. And I used to think like, oh, I love that. Like I am meant to that. And then I realized I don't like that. And that's not what I love for myself. Because my mom was young. She died when she was 50 and she had so much going for her and so many things that she wanted to do. And it just broke my heart that she, and she was successful. My parents were successful. So it just broke my heart that she still felt the need that even on her last like dying moment, she thought about work.
1: Wow. And what a, you know, a sort of a juxtaposition with your friends saying to you, you know, you're really great at work and you're such a hard worker. And then that image there in front of you of what that actually looks like and how that manifests and into your future. Um, What did you decide to lean into after that? So where did you decide to put your energy and your time? Um, Well, to be completely honest, like I just didn't do anything
0: for like the first year. Yeah, and then I realized I have two choices I could either be really depressed about it for the rest of my life and just choose to give up or mm-hmm. I could choose to change my life now because I can and I'm young I still have I have the resources to do it the capability to do it and I could finally build this life that I want and that's what I chose and no matter how hard it was I said this is the life that I have this vision for my life and I was like and this is what I want because mm-hmm. at the end of my days this is what I want to be known for
1: yeah I mean it's obviously the grieving process has no time limit. And so the the time doing and being and resting and breathing and and all of those emotions that come up, that, that takes as long as that takes. Um, but when you do get to that moment where you just choose to create meaning out of the circumstances and make that decision, um, I love that you had a new vision for yourself, one that sort of went beyond this work, 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 and then who knows what but just continue to do that and and yeah. there you are um so that new vision that obviously included more rest did include more play include more yeah. you <laughs> yeah so how are you executing that well now back then
0: what I really wanted to focus on was just like freedom mm-hmm. and peace yeah. and that was something that I just wasn't getting and I was like I will work Off to get to that place. And until I feel that, I'm gonna continue building whatever whatever I can so I could have make that attainable. So now what I really focus on is like my mental health and like having downtime. Um, so I'm all about self-care. Yeah.
1: So So it's 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 awesome because obviously you're extremely hard worker, you're very, very focused. And when you focus on loving yourself, I mean, magical things can happen. You can put all that energy into resting and all that energy into stillness and you know, this, it's interesting, this idea of freedom, we've been so um, inundated with sort of that the masculine energy of freedom. And I don't mean men here, I just mean that masculine energy of freedom is like, you work really hard so that you can, you know, work hard, play hard and accumulate more money so that you can do more things when um, you become almost trapped inside of that that pattern of, you have to do this for X number of hours, just so that you can have this. You have yes. to work so hard so that you can retire. You can work so hard so you can have two weeks vacation or whatever that, yeah. that might be. Um, but when you work hard at being you and putting you first, like there's massive yeah. shifts there. So yeah. tell tell me about, um, creative house and how that started to become part of your vision and now that it exists and it's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so when I was a chief marketing officer at my old job um that's when I realized like I don't want to work 12 hour days and I didn't like my boss I didn't like my lifestyle I just didn't like working there and it was right before the pandemic hit and I made this bold choice and risk to be like I'm so unhappy that I would rather not have this job and figure it out than continue this and just like be miserable And be depressed. And I just one day woke up and I was like, I'm so unhappy with my life that I would rather just figure it out on my own and start over no matter how hard it was. And that's exactly what I did. And I didn't tell anybody about it, didn't ask for any opinions. I was like, I I want to focus on like me being happy.
1: That is so bold and so brave. And I and at the same time, I think just our almost like our birthright. And so I am, like I said, not 30. And um It took me a long time to feel that there was, I had permission to do that. I love that you didn't openly get anybody else's approval um, and, and made that bold choice. And I say bold, not as in like, whoa, that's risky, but just in like, yeah, fuck you world. I can do whatever I want that kind of bold, Um, which I'm like to the rooftops. Oh my God, let's celebrate that because we, again, have been so conditioned that, you know, you have to have some security before you leave this other thing with no account for the impact that that other toxic, negative, whatever we don't love about it environment is having on us and making Mm -hmm. it almost impossible to go and get the new thing. It's really challenging to go find a high vibe life while you're living a low vibe one and surrounded by that energy. So, so yay you. Like Thank I'm clapping you. here, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, so you, you, so you made that big shift and um, that like big, bold decision, like badass decision. And then, so my, my little assumption mind is like, yeah, that's not always the easy path. Um, so t- <laughs> to tell me, was it a bumpy road? I'm sure it was worth it. But tell me about the challenges that you faced. And and then how you stayed true to you in those challenges.
0: I mean, it was the hardest thing that I ever had to do. Like I had no support. Nobody like even knew what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I knew it was something that I had to do by myself. And I didn't want to burden anybody else. And right because it was right during the pandemic, I felt like it could either be a really selfish decision that will affect everybody, or it's going to be the best decision of my life. And it was so hard because I completely, it was such an impulsive decision that I was like, okay, I may have fucked up. But because I felt free, because I'd made the decision by myself, first of all, and second, I finally got rid of like this toxic work environment and this toxic life that just made me so unhappy that the moment that I quit, I felt like this release. I've never felt more happy and more free because it was my choice. And no one was going to be there to tell me like what I can and cannot do, which was hard to me because I grew up being very submissive. Mm-hmm. So I always constantly would just follow what everyone told me. So There's like the wow. first time in my life that I chose is like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like I'm <laughs> going to choose what I want to do at that moment. And a lot of people did think I was selfish and a lot of people thought it was a bad idea. And I was like, I don't care because it's the first time that, and I I didn't realize that I was so burnt out that it took me two years to recover from it. Yeah,
1: that's massive. And I as a survivor, thriver from burnout, I can appreciate that it's not, oh, I'm better now. That's not how it works. No. Because the patterns that get us to burnout are the things you have to unravel. And that takes a really long time, right? Understanding what behaviors are perpetuating that cycle. Cause it's a cycle, right? So you go, 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 go fall down, pretend like you're resting, get back up, do it all over again, go, go, go. Right. And so burnout is really the fall down part where some, if we're not careful, we, we call it vacation or mm-hmm. we'll call it, I just need to unplug for a while, or we will, you know, there's all different ways in which burnout can show up and um but yeah it takes a really long time to recover yeah and even when I would lie to myself and say like I'm gonna have
0: a rest day I realized I was still constantly trying to prepare for work for when I was going to go back to work so it was never really
1: rest it was just like my body just staying still but my mind running right you know I used to think that that was just how people lived I like that's just normal right and I used Mm to in the early days of my sort of recovery, I don't want what do you want to call it? Mm-hmm. Like my, yay, find yourself stuff. Uh, I'd be like, I don't understand this relaxed thing everybody keeps talking about. My brain is never turned off ever in yeah. my 45 plus years. Has it ever not been going and is always in the future? Like always. Yeah. And um, apparently there are people who can make that not happen. And I was like, you people are crazy. So what I ended up, I developed these really interesting numbing patterns that I would call relaxing Mm -hmm. because I didn't know that I was like, oh, I want what everybody else has. I want to like relax and not think about anything. But the only way I could do that was to like either chemically or environmentally shut off my brain, Mm -hmm. meaning like whether it was a binge of a show or it was alcohol or whatever it might be, it was like I needed something else. I couldn't do it on my own. Um, Those patterns. Like then that just perpetuates this whole thing. So relaxing is never actually relaxing. It's still actually being stressful. Yes. So I love that you made that massive shift to give back to you to actually take the time to figure out how to be free, how to find peace and calmness while building a business. Like there's, sure, there's stress in that, but it's different when it's very Uh, driven by you and your passions and your and your values. So tell me a little bit more about um, because we had talked about, you know, the energy, the sort of patriarchal elements, the ceilings that you felt as a woman. um, And, and what you like, what prompted you to launch the business that you did in the way that you did that is more female centered? Yeah,
0: um, so the quickest way I guess I could explain this was because I grew up or I worked in like a male-dominated industry, I realized that there's no female for me to look up to. Like when Mm -hmm. I was first starting out my business, I was like, okay, I'm an immigrant, um, I'm a person of color, um, and I wanted to look, I wanted to build my community first. And then I realized it was really hard to find. Um, it was really hard for me to find other women entrepreneurs, let alone for them to be like the same color as me or also being an immigrant. And when I did more research, I've noticed anytime I Googled anything up of like top business owners, like Forbes list, it was always males. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I it must be really hard for women. And, and I realized that growing up or like through all of my career, I only had male bosses, Mm -hmm. but I was the one running their business. And I was the one that knew more and they got all the credit for all their hard work that I was putting in, they like received. Right. And then it made me realize like, I want to be that woman for other women who may feel like me who are like, I don't want to work for someone who treats me like shit or it's just really toxic and just doesn't value me. And I was like, I could be that because I realized there's not that many women out there that do.
1: Right. And even if there are, there may be a whole bunch, but we, the visibility is non-existent. It's Yes. Right. And so even Googling and finding. And so, and as you had said about creating a community, it's such a powerful thing mm-hmm. of, you know, wrapping our arms around each other, linking arms and really amplifying the voices that need to be amplified as mm-hmm. a result, um, which is another reason why I wanted to have you here. I think it's so crucial that um, women who are supporting women are highlighted and put at the you know top of the Google search and all of those things, because um, it's not going to, we can't just hope that the system that's not working for us is gonna somehow work for us just because we're working hard. And we need to work smart together. We need to work um, in alignment with each other and with this bigger vision for how powerful we can be as an entity. And I mean that in inclusive of all humans, right? It's not about men and women at all. It's about system and imploding the system and shifting mindsets of whomever is upholding it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so thank you for that. So tell me, tell me about Tell me about your work. Tell me about how you have taken all of these years of knowledge, this information, this sort of like, wow, this system is not working for me. I want to do something different. I want to do something better. I want to serve my community, and then of course taking your skill set, um, mm-hmm. and and doing that work. So tell me about Creative House. Yes. So Creative House, like I said, like you said, is an all FIFA-led agency.
0: And I did not plan it to be that way. But because when I was interviewing and I knew I wanted to build my team, like women are so talented. And I feel like they're so underappreciated and overworked in a lot of things, like especially in like the workforce. And it made me realize that, um, of course, like our pay is so different. And I realized I want to hire females so they know what it's like to be executive suites managers and be getting paid the same amount as men are right now and i didn't want them to feel like they were in a competitive space um so for me it was so important for me to build this female team because i wanted them to not only have a really good work culture but feel comfortable and safe in like their work environment which Mm -hmm. i feel like is really hard for women yeah
1: it absolutely i'm not are you familiar with what's going on with the movie turning red right now no, what's up? Okay, like? so Turning Red is a um it's a Disney movie and um an animated Disney movie and it's about a young girl who's sort of coming of age um and the team that brought it to life is all female. And they mm-hmm. talk about issues of what it means to be and so the main character um so she's uh, Chinese immigrant in Canada, and living this life. And you know, she's a, I think she's 13. And all the things that go along with that, they talk about periods, they talk about all kinds of liking boys. And, um, and there's huge slack. And I'm not gonna say that I know all of it, because I kind of distance myself from it. But I have two young girls. And the slack was that, you know, it's not the right topic for young kids, which of course, is, in my opinion, crap, because it's extremely valuable. I have two young daughters who watched it and were like, Oh my goodness, this is so speaking to me. Not only that, they watched the extra, and the extra was about the director and the all-female team that led mm-hmm. and brought this to life. And the same sort of um, what you're sharing now about your experiences and wanting to create these environments where we can thrive and sh- and and be not just um, you know equal and and all of those pieces, but really the shine the light on the mm-hmm. the value that we can bring together as a team. So, because even what they shared in their sort of documentary piece after the movie was the energy that they felt from so used to being surrounded by men to all of a sudden doing their work in an environment full of women, it just changed the capacity of mm-hmm. their work. So did you experience that when you brought in, so you're interviewing and you're bringing in the right people that m- are matching and meeting the mm-hmm. energy that you're looking to create? Um What kind of differences have you noticed in your work environment, all women, that um, from when you were working where it was primarily men?
0: I think my team just knows that they're always being seen and heard. And because there's no males that are working with us, they don't feel like there's competition. Mm-hmm. So they all work in such a really great collaborative space, which to me is always what I wanted. Like my employees tell me all the time, like I feel so seen here. I feel comfortable like speaking what I have to say. And they know that every person that's on my team, they all could lean on each other. And I just feel like you can't really get that if there was another male that was mm-hmm. working for us because I feel like they would feel like he would be entitled to a lot of the opinions. Or Because it's true though, a lot of males usually are in a higher level. And they get paid more for maybe not having that much experience or maybe just like being in like a lower hierarchy. But Mm -hmm. I just realized like, because my team felt so comfortable and then I liked it because I was serving my community and I was like, I want, I want to support other women and I want them to know that their hard work is always going to be appreciated and valued. And the only way that I could show that in a bigger scale was through my business. So even my clients that I work with are all usually small business owners who are also female led, like a lot of the people that I meet and the interviews that I do, I make sure it always has to align with what my business is.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I know a lot of phenomenal men and I'm sure you do as well. And and this isn't about saying there aren't amazing men who could be part of great collaborative teams. What I think is really the, the light that needs to be the shine here is the systems are set up so that we all believe the same thing about corporate hierarchy. So if a man randomly shows up, it's almost like if regardless of who he is, he's somehow put above us. And we do it ourselves, we we because we've been so conditioned to do that. Um And systems, it's, it's systematic implosion that I think is necessary. And it's through organizations like yours, podcasts like this, where we're having these conversations and, and again, shining that light in those dark places that have just been kind of going under the radar. not even under the radar. People are fully aware of it, but Mm -hmm. the change needs to occur so that, you know, should a individual who happens to be a man shows up into your community, the, this the community that you've created the collaborative energy that stays right and so it's these narratives that we all have that need to be rewritten but that's going to take some time right and um I mean all we got is time because it keeps ticking so let's let's do this work (laughs) together and so you know the next generation my children all of our children um are are having a whole different conversation ideally a better one yeah
0: I mean that's that's eventually like my goal for when I have children and if they want to take over the business or whatever they choose to do, I want them to know
1: that they have that option too. Yeah. And then it's attainable. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Danielle, I am so, so excited to have you in my world and to know that you were out there doing this great work and supporting small business owners, supporting female um, led communities and, and really doing your, it's uh, it's all about that on the ground stuff, right? Yes. Systemic implosion. Let's do that. But it can only happen when we take these small actions every day and we make those, I say, bold decisions to say, no, that's not my story anymore. I'm going to rewrite my story now in a way that gives me real freedom and real peace and real calm. So I think that's fantastic. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so Thank you for walking us through your story. Thank you so much for your openness and your vulnerability. Is, is there anything that you would like the listeners to walk away with today? Yeah. I mean, apart from giving business
0: advice, I feel like overall the best general advice I could ever give is whatever you choose to do, just do it with intention and purpose Mm -hmm. and do it because it makes you happy. And that's what you choose to do with your life, because this is a long life whether it's going to be a relationship the person you're with or a business. It's like, if you're waking up every
1: day and you're not excited to do it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thank you Danielle for your time. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you again next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hope you enjoyed the show.
0: Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to
1: awesomeness.